It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to recap day number 13 of Jets training camp with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Now, Chris, you're a little bit under the weather today. Got some allergy issues going on. But your spirits have to be lifted because... Even though Logan Ryan ended up going to the Giants one year, $7.5 million, a lot of us were still holding out hope. He'd go to the Jets. Didn't happen. And to add insult to injury, he goes to the team that shares the facility. But the Jets did make a big move, a real bold one, too. I have to give Joe Douglas credit on this one. They go out and they get Pete Guerrero back. <laughs> they dipped back into that power powerhouse of Monmouth University, and yeah, oh boy, uh, that's that that's where we're at right now. That's what they're you know. There's not uh, a bunch of people out there to grab, so they needed somebody to fill the spot for the next cu- couple of days until cut days come. So they went and scooped up the Mammoth kid again, brought him back, and he will be off the roster by Saturday, 4 o'clock, I think is the the date. So, yeah. Somewhere, no doubt, Connor Hughes is smiling at the thought of somebody from Monmouth who is going to be on the roster, at least for a little while. Like you said, I'm sure he won't actually survive the final cuts. But one guy that did is Avery Williamson, and people were asking me on Twitter why I was happy that the Jets were able to restructure with Williamson. It's not because I care about the Johnson family's bank account. It's because I had a sneaking suspicion that if he didn't restructure, the Jets were just going to release him the way that they did Brian Winters and go with Hewitt and Burgess as their inside linebackers, which is what ended up being the combination for most of the year last year. So that really, in summary, is why I'm happy the restructure happened because now we know for sure that barring injury, Avery Williamson will be a Jet in 2020. Yeah, and they're going to need him there, especially, again, another year of not having C.J. Mosley. Um, and then it's, it's been, you know, Neville Hewitt and Brian uh, and Cashman as the uh, the middle linebackers, I, I'd call I for some reason decided to put the Yankees general manager as the middle <laughs> linebacker, uh, Blake Cashman, not Brian Cashman. That would be way worse. Um, and Joe Douglas would probably deserve to, would definitely deserve to be fired on the spot if it was the uh, Yankees GM starting a middle linebacker. But yeah, so it's been Hewitt and Cashman uh, that have been doing, getting most of the reps with the first team. Avery Williamson's being worked in a little bit more 
you're going to have to, they're going to need Avery Williamson in there. Uh, you know, he's got his limitations in coverage, but he's a, a much better uh, inside linebacker football player than Neville Hewitt is for sure. So you can uh, have pair him probably with Cashman and let Cashman do a little bit more coverage stuff. Uh, but yeah, it, this, this defense will be better for having Avery Williamson. So it's definitely good to bring him back. Per Tom Pelissero, Avery Williamson takes a $3.75 million cut. He goes from $6.5 million to $2.75 million, but he could make an extra $750,000 in bonuses, plus he's got a $1 million guarantee, so the roster spot is indeed locked up for now, so that's good because, as you said, they are really going to need Avery Williamson. I do think that they should take some of this newfound savings from him and from Winters and from Mosley and go and get Jadavian Clowney, who's the one impact free agent who's still available, but they're not going to do that. So let's move on and talk about the guys that they do have and that are going to be here. And one of them is Brian Poole. He's been missing pretty much throughout all of training camp. He had dehydration and then he had some sort of underlying condition. So they were playing it very cautious with him, but he was back in practice today. Yeah, he, he came out. He was doing some positional drill stuff at first. Uh, it, it wasn't sure if he was going to fully participate in practice, but they went out to 11-11s, and he was out there as with the first team uh, with his nickelback position, and he seemed to be running around fine out there. Uh, got, his, got his legs under him, looked, looked good and fine. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing too uh, spectacular out there, but he looked perfectly fine. So that that's promising. Um, you know, again, he had a great year last year. You're you're probably due for a little bit of regression just with him, and again, also the better offenses they're playing against. But he was their one consistently good cornerback last year. I know we got some some new names here. Bless Austin has had a really good camp that that given me. Um, some uh, positive signs that what he can do, uh, and then some new people to the equation, but they're going to need Brian Poole to be healthy and to be playing, you know, at least 75 to 80% of what as good as he was last year. Um, So that's going to go a long way to helping them as well. Greg Van Roten back also. Yeah, they, they got him back, so... That uh, that injury wasn't too bad. That's it, we'll talk about the injuries later too. But I do think fans need to understand that I think they're being a little more careful than normal with some of these injuries. Uh, you know, like uh, Marcus May still didn't practice today, but he wanted to keep practicing on Sunday at the stadium, and I'm sure he wanted to practice today. And he was bouncing around on the sidelines, and he looked completely fine. So I think they're just uh, taking it a little bit easier with some of this stuff, even though they want to get them out there because they need the practice time, but they don't want to have any setbacks. Um, So Van Rotten missed a couple practices, but he was back out there again. Um, You know, still, again, not the the most confidence I've ever had in in a player on the offensive line. Because I expect him to struggle a lot this year, but uh, you, you got him back there now, and uh, they can keep the offensive line can continue to work together and try to build up a rapport and chemistry with each other. 
Finally, some good news with the running backs. Le'Veon Bell made a really nice catch in practice today. Got some good news about LaMichael P. Ryan and his injury. And then, more importantly than any of that, they got a little bit of help in the depth category. I bet all Jets fans thought they had heard the last of Adams. They thought, it's over, he's gone, he's traded to Seattle. Nope, he's back. Oh, wait, that's a different Adams. It's Josh Adams. But that is good, though, because they do need running back depth. They're, they're both Jay Adams, too, so I can understand the confusion <laughs> there. Right, but it's Josh versus Jamal. Uh, but, you know, Jay Adams still, yeah. So, um, no, the, the, the catch Le'Veon made was extremely impressive. It was right by the sidelines, a little bit behind him, and he had to adjust his body and twist his arms to the side, and he was falling down as he did it. And he did one of those things where you just, like, he he snatched the ball just with his fingertips. Like, it was a crazy impressive catch. Uh, he made a bunch more plays as a receiver, too. They've, they've been doing that. Uh, again, we'll see. They did that a lot last training camp, and we didn't see it that much during the season. Uh, most of the catches that he had were just on checkdowns out of the regular uh, running back position. So we'll see if they mix uh, some stuff up there. I've I've been saying it's, you know, since they signed him, since before they signed him. The re, you remember all the talks we had about sign him because he's better. He's a better receiver than all the receivers that are available in free agency this year. Um, and you can use him as, you know, we, t- we usually talk about the chess piece uh, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, but you can kind of use him that way on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, you got to hope that Adam Gase uses that. Um, but the the P. Ryan news is, is good because you thought just the way that it went, uh, it being carted off the field, everything about uh, that injury, it's, it seemed like uh, this isn't going to be good. And it's probably going to be out for the season. But he – you know, they're just saying it's just a, a mild sprain now. He should be fine just a couple of weeks. So that'll be good. And he had he had just started to really come on strong. Um, I know, I, as I always say, don't read too much into a training camp reports on running backs. It's tough. But that that scrimmage that they had, he had he looked really good that, uh, going up against the first team defense. Uh, so there's some signs of encouragement and you, you don't want to have to have him sit out the whole season, then wait till next season to build on that. So good news with the running backs, but not great news with the receivers. Although Dante Moncrief did come in and make his debut as a jet in practice, but I'm looking at this and I still can't believe I'm seeing this. We already know that Mims and Perriman aren't back at practice yet, but Crowder, Herndon, Berrios and Hogan all left practice at some point with some injury issue. What in the heck is going on here, Chris? Yeah, uh, Crowder said after practice he said he's fine. It's it's not a big deal. Uh, it's just a little a little tightness. Um, and I and that's what Gates kind of said is just tightness. So I think this is closer to just the uh, them playing it safe here. The the Herndon thing. A tightness in his chest. I I don't I don't know about that. Uh, I I I don't really understand what that means. Um, I've never really heard that. 
But he, he said they all left with tightness and then Herndon had a, ch- a chest. And I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, listen, this is just one, one thing after another here. Um, but how serious are, are these things? We'll have to wait and see. But it's especially the wide receiver position has just been just decimated. And I know I keep bringing up San Francisco 49ers when talking about this, but they're going through it too. Uh, I, I would have to take a look at all the other teams' rosters to see if it's happening to all the others. Um, I, I do still think some of this just has to deal with the long layoff and then ramping things back up. And then the there's also the factor of them playing it a little safer and letting where they would normally let people play through it. They're holding them back a little bit. So it's, it's a mixture of all that stuff. But it's when, I mean, you're talking about uh, Dante Moncrief, Josh Malone, and Jeshaw Chase on. Like, the, these are – these are the guys that are healthy right now. That's it's not good. Mims is definitely getting closer. Got to be worried about Perriman because uh, it's like uh, well past when we thought he was going to come back, and the knee swelling. Uh, you got to be a little concerned about that. Cager was back out on the field today. Uh, he he did some stretching. Uh, he was off to the sidelines during positional drills and everything. Sorry about that. But he was doing stretching. He was out there, uh, so maybe he's getting closer. But I don't, I don't have a good feeling about that either. There's just, again, we're back here. The only uh, receiver that I feel good about is Jamison Crowder, and I know he left with a little tightness today. But he said he's fine, and I, he's Jamison Crowder. I'm gonna just uh, take him at his word on that. But that's that's the only receiver I feel good about, and the rest I'm like, yeah. And I'm including Herndon in that right now. I, I, if he's out there on the field, then yes, I, I, I feel good about him. But uh, I'm a little nervous. On the bright side, though, Chris, the fact that all those guys came out at one point and Sam Darnold had to operate the offense with receivers that most of us hadn't even heard of, and he was able to take those receivers lead them down the field for a really nice drive that resulted in a thick and field goal in a hurry-up offense means that Sam Darnold is starting to adapt to the problems that he's likely going to have at wide receiver this year. You'd rather him do it now than have to try and figure it out when the regular season starts. But even more so what this tells me is that maybe Adam Gase should try some hurry-up this year because if he was able to have a decent drive with those guys in training camp against the first team defense, it might be worth a shot when the regular season starts with how thin this wide receiver core is, try and catch the opponents off guard a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'll just go a little more simpler and basic than that and just why I agree with you and do think that's a, an effective strategy. Adam Gase is just going to have to need to try some different stuff mm-hmm. in general. Just <laughs> He's going to have to do something different, do something new, and that's an excellent place to start, and that's something that I should actually think about. But, you know, if they try that and it doesn't work, just keep trying something different. You can't just keep rolling with the same stuff that he did down so much success with Peyton Manning in Denver. Like, you need to try to switch some things up, especially if they're struggling. But, yeah, t- today was a good day from Darnold. He did have the, uh, an interception that uh, Ashton Davis made a really good play, and he's he's starting to put it together and come along really strong as well. Uh, but there was 
he tried to hit um, Chase on on like uh, on like a, a post route uh, over the middle, and Chase on went uh, to the cut to the outside. Ashton Davis was right there um, to make the play there. But other than that, Sam Donald had a really good day. He he was moving the offense uh, very well, and you know obviously. Uh, limited with the receivers he had to work with but he made do he was he was finding some success and moving the ball there was uh, a period where they were just doing third down plays so you can't you know I can't sit here and tell you what a drive would have looked like in these 11-11s but there's third down plays and he kept making third down play after third down play so as bad as it was a little you know a week ago whatever whenever they had that scrimmage it, it was much better today, and he probably even had less to work with that receiver today than he did then. So there's some encouraging signs there from Sam, but again, there's still the re- receiver group is a nightmare. Offensive line, I still don't have a lot of faith in, so there, there's still going to be some problems there. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, we should talk at least a little bit about the defensive side of the ball because it seems like we're focusing all of our energy on offense. There's a very good reason for that. It's because of all the chaos going on. But there was some positive signs on defense today, particularly Kyle Phillips, who's been having a really nice training camp, had another excellent practice today. And Pierre Desir came a little bit closer to a full return. Yeah, he's he's getting a little closer to 
but I've been saying that for about a week now, too. I, I do think we're getting uh, probably in the next day or two we'll get them, but we'll see. Um, Kyle Phillips definitely had a couple. He had two nice sacks, uh, just absolutely blew up the line, got in there for the sacks. It was these training camp sacks where they he gets a sack and then they let the play continue. Um, but he he's he's had a solid camp, and uh, you know he had that play a couple weeks ago in camp where he covered the wheel route. Uh, it was super impressive. But this is this this is what you're gonna be looking for and expect for him and want more from him is to be getting sacks, creating pressure. That that's gonna happen more than him covering a running back uh, thirty yards downfield on a wheel route. It's it's great to know that if that situation pops up, that he's been able to cover it in practice. But more often than not, you're going to be looking at him get after the pass rush uh, or the passer. And they obviously don't have the the elite sack guy, the elite edge guy, but they do have some guys up front that can help uh, disrupt and cause the pressure. So their their hope is that the combination of all these guys will be able to get and apply some pressure on opposing quarterbacks. It's going to be tougher again, though, this year. I I feel like I just want to keep shoehorning this in everywhere I can. The schedule is really <laughs> tough. They're playing a lot of really tough offenses this year. Chris, we touched on some of the injuries earlier in the podcast, but let's talk about everything that we missed. Where do we stand injury-wise with this team? I know you're going to laugh because there's so many of them, but we do have to talk about it. Okay, yeah, so Gase said he's we're, that he's hoping to get Mims by the end of, of the week back on the practice field. Again, P. Ryan, it's just a low ankle sprain, no serious damage there, so that's that's good news. Um, the linebacker, Peanut, as you like like to call him, and always makes me think of Charles Tillman, <laughs> um, and I think that's why you like to call him that. It's not – I don't think you really don't want to pronounce the name. I think you just want to confuse me. Um, <laughs> Pat, Patrick Anwasar – He's going to be out for a while with that knee. It's about four to five more weeks. Um, obviously, pool return today. This year is getting closer. Um, again, uh, all the receivers that left today, but it it doesn't seem like there anything's really uh, too uh, crazy there. Uh, with Crowder, like I said, he said he's going to be fine. Herndon, Barrios, Hogan, all that for tightness. If they're saying tightness, I'm just going to roll with tightness and they'll, that they'll be fine. Um, and then again, Marcus May was held out again. But like I said, he was bouncing around on the sidelines pretty good. He, he I don't think there's anything to be concerned about there. Uh, and he's, I guess, been saying all camp long, he's looked great all camp. So if they decided to say, let's just shut Marcus down in the season – I would be totally on board and understand that move. I don't think that's what they'll they'll do, but I would understand that move completely. So they're getting some guys back. They're losing some others, uh, but it, hopefully within the next couple of days they'll get, uh, especially Mims. That's uh, something you want to be able to see him get some work in uh, before the season starts. You you certainly don't want him to be playing week one without having practice. So if they can get him a handful of practices before that, that'll, that'll go a long way. And then, you know, if that first week you want to send him out there and he's basically only running three plays, then he's running three plays, but he can at least help in some way. And his size and his speed and his ability 
is going to would be something that the Bills would have to deal with. Uh, um, so you know, even if it's just as a decoy out there, um, they they really need to get something out of them. That with this wide receiver group and the shape it's in, they they desperately need them back. Adam Gay spoke to the media after practice today. What do you have to say? Yeah, so you know he went through the, the injuries. Of course, he also uh, talked about uh, how. He, again, admitted that he didn't use uh, do a good job of using Le'Veon Bell last year. And he, he said that he wants to put a bigger emphasis on using his receiver skills. Uh, I feel like we can find a better way to get him the ball to help him create more explosive plays. We can get him space better than we did last year and said that they're going to keep trying new stuff. So that's, that's, that's what you want to hear. Uh, you know, that's – that's what they're going to need. That's what we've been saying that he should do. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I, I think there's a very strong chance that he does do more of that, but I'm going to wait until I see it before I, I fully expect that to be the case. And, yeah, he's, he's you know, he he knows that he, he didn't do everything great with Le'Veon Bell, and he's looking to rectify that. We'll see if he actually does, but – that, that's a big thing. Three of the players spoke after practice as well. Connor McGovern, Brian Poole, and Jamison Crowder. What did they have to say? Yeah, Crowder, uh, again, obviously, he, he brought up the injury. He also went, uh, raved about Le'Veon Bell and his ability. I, I also just want to take a quick detour here. I know that there's been a little bit made about Brian Costello wrote his article about Bell, and then it seemed to be that a lot of people were saying that uh, that Bell looks slow at, at practice. He does not look slow. The quote that Costello wrote was, look slow to hit the holes. Those are two completely separate things. Le'Veon Bell does not look slow. You, there is no, and that's not what Brian Costello was saying. But uh, Jamison Crowder went out of his way to talk about what a special player Le'Veon Bell is and how they can use him in a bunch of different ways. Uh, Brian Poole talked about uh, – you know, he didn't really explain in more detail, but he talked about his cramps, uh, just the underlying condition and the extreme reaction and the pretty bad cramps. Spent a couple hours in the hospital and it was pretty scary. Uh, the the big quote of the day, though, that is it was from Connor McGovern. Uh, now, he, he also talked about how him and Sam Darnold are, are getting really close and how if if he didn't know Sam Darnold was only 23 years old, he would never guess it because of the way Sam carries himself and the way that he runs the offense and he knows the ins and outs. Um, but Connor McGovern said that he thinks the offense is going to be pretty dangerous. And understandably that's getting a lot of attention on Twitter because that's a little hard to believe right now, but you know, what do you, what do you want these players to say? He has confidence in them. I understand it. I admire it. I think he might be getting a little carried away there because I think they're far away from being dangerous, but I I understand it. I'm not going to knock the man for having faith and believing in this his teammates at this point in the, in the year. Uh, we'll check in. We'll check in on, on on him again. You know, around week four in the middle of the season and see how dangerous that offense is. 
Let's hope that it's dangerous in a good way and not dangerous in a way that makes all Jets fans want to jump out a window. Chris Nimbley, the owner, operator, lead reporter, whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping training camp with me. As always, really appreciate it. For those that want to read your three observations, they're up right now at JetsInsider.com, right? Yeah, you can find them up at JetsInsider.com. I got a couple other articles in, in the works right now. And, uh, Training camp is coming to a close, so you will see a shift from obviously practice reports to just more player-specific reports and uh, and articles about games coming up. That that will be coming real soon. But for right now, you got the three observations up there, and um, some more some coming down the pipeline. It's not coming to an end just yet, though. We will be back with another camp report tomorrow, but it's going to be coming to a close pretty soon because, believe it or not. The regular season is right around the corner. In fact, the Jets play about a week and a half from now. I still can't believe that the NFL season is actually here. Going to be a wild season, but it is this close. So we'll have plenty of content for you here on Play Like a Jet. And of course, Chris Will as well at JetsInsider.com where you can read his very big deal work. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we would be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest the new york jets podcast you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com